Hey there, I'm Neil DiPentino with Business Breakthroughs, and I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, in business, you know, you want to try to build, uh, you know, this really super nice business, uh, get reach all your goals, do all the things that, um, you know, a business person would want to do and achieve and everything. But like the old Kenny Rogers song, sometimes you got to know when to hold them, you got to know when to fold them. And what I mean by that is building a business with an exit plan, a strategy, so that at some point in time, when you reach that goal, uh, that you, you know what the next step's going to be, whether it's to sell or whether it's maybe to do something else, go public, whatever the case might be. But building that strategy is really important. Our guest today helps to grow uh, sales and consumer engagement uh, organizations from the ground up uh, to over $100 plus million in revenue. Uh, one of the businesses he actually worked with exited for over $330,000. He's a focal point coach from West Palm Beach, Florida. Charlie James is uh, CEO of Agile Growth and Exit um, advisory. So Charlie, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Neil, glad to be here. Thanks. Thanks for the invite. Well, fantastic. So we were just kind of talking offline just a little bit about some of the things that you've done, I've done, some of our strategies and, uh, you know, just, I mean, we were having a really good time and we're like, hold, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, let's hold this up. Let's hold up and talk a little bit about this during the uh, the podcast. And uh, you've got a very great background. I mean, you've been in business for a really long time, a lot of experience. You've been a coach for a long time. Uh, so instead of me talking, let me let me let you tell you a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, I've had an amazing career before becoming a coach. So I spent about 30 years in Silicon Valley based tech companies, companies that did were pioneers in software development and applied analytics and last 15 years in artificial intelligence. So I worked for some great companies that where I grew organizations from zero to 100 million. And I did a bunch of early stage startups had some great exits. Uh, matter of fact, three of my companies that I worked for exited in the billion dollar range and spun off the executives that created Amazon Web Services and Netflix and Trinet. So I've I've worked for great companies and learned from great mentors. And that's how I got into coaching. Outstanding. And so you so you kind of just don't talk the talk. You walk the walk. You've worked with uh, several businesses, but you've actually owned businesses of your own uh, that you've had to you know, learn uh, these strategies that you teach. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, so in addition to being a founding member of companies funded by others, venture companies and things, my wife and I left California three years ago with the idea that we just didn't want to work for people anymore. That might say sound familiar to a lot of your audience. So she created an in-home care business franchise system that she bought, but she spun it up one unit to four units in three years. She has over 150 employees and we've learned a lot there. Uh, and in my case, I decided to start coaching, but I thought it would be like a lifestyle business where maybe I'd only work with three or four business owners at a time. I came home from work one day after being out in the boat and she said, Hey, dude, you got to go get busier. Or you're just going to get into trouble. So I've actually, like you, grown my business. Uh, you know, t last year I served four or 13 clients concurrently. And those 13 clients, by the way, average growth of about 75% in profits. 
So I like to have like a portfolio of clients, but now I'm building this practice for growth and exit into a business that I'll sell myself. Uh, You know, I'll probably sell the business maybe a decade from now. Okay. Yeah. We were kind of talking a little bit about exit strategies before we started the podcast. I kind of told you about my exit strategy and the fact that I, my partners are younger than I am. Um, thank God, uh, because they know a lot more about technology and stuff than I do. Um, I'm just eye candy. I, that's what I tell them anyway. I don't they believe that or not. They can't duplicate that. They cannot yes. duplicate that. Not even a little bit. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Um, but so, you know, my, my plans are a little bit different than theirs. I mean, we want to grow this company as big as we possibly can, uh, you know, so that, you know, for a lot of different reasons, we all have our, our, our own reasons why we want to do that. But for me, my strategy is more about like three years from now. And, and my wife at that time, she'll be retiring and, uh, from school, she's a school teacher. And, uh, so, you know, we have plans that of things that we want to do together. So me being here nine to five or nine to like, midnight or whatever it is, uh, that's no longer going to be in the cards. So we have a strategy already set up that for that. And we actually built that strategy before we ever incorporated our business. So when you're dealing with clients, um, when you're, you're talking about your strategies, do you, you know, incorporate the, you know, exit plan for them or with them uh, as you go or from the beginning? Yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, you know, my first couple of years of coaching, I wasn't focusing on exit planning, but the thing that came up was, Clients that stayed with me more than a year started using the word legacy. So you might be interested to know that I became a certified exit planning advisor. There's actually an institute in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, where accountants, estate planners, coaches can go and get certified and learn about the process. And to your question, some of the things that you learn about is, first off, there's all kinds of different exits. You can sell to fully or partially to a third party when you own a a certain type of a business, but you have more of a practice like a law firm or accounting firm. There, the challenge is very different. You have to pay attention to that. So in your case, what Mm -hmm. you're trying to do is develop partners or find a third party who will want to take over your share fully or your share or the full business over a period of time. And the way you go about doing that is very different. Okay. Can you give us some examples of what that might look like? Well, I have an accounting firm It's the oldest accounting firm here in Florida. There's about 70 professionals here. And I originally got engaged because there were four partners, and this is going to be very common if anybody in your audience is an accountant, is that the accounting firm is changing or the accounting industry is changing. And they're all having trouble bringing in new people to actually do the work, not to mention pulling in rainmakers. So that particularly particular firm asked me to come in and help them create a a strategic plan where they would cultivate talent that could eventually buy out the partners. But the partners themselves needed an exit plan, which included more than what just happens in the accounting firm. They also needed a, a personal legacy plan. They needed to calculate what type of a number their share would have to be to provide them the income that they would need for the next 30 years of their life when they weren't being accountants. They needed a little bit of help figuring out what their life should be like. What would they go do with their time? It turns out that about 25% of the time when an owner wants to exit a business, they scuttle the deal because they panic. They don't know what they want to do. So one of the services we offer is a readiness assessment. 
And then finally, the last piece, like in your case, you probably need to have an estimate three years out now what your business is worth. And wouldn't it be great if you had a plan that said, hey, if I change this, this and that, maybe three factors in your business that you're going to attract twice as many potential buyers who will pay a premium. Well, those are the services I offer. Your readiness number, your readiness calculation about what you'll go off and do, and then a business valuation that gives you a plan to figure out how to exit your business with the most number of offers at the highest possible multiple. I love that. So I'm looking at your LinkedIn um, profile. And you've got a, you throw a few numbers out there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read these off to you. You said 95% of owners are not happy with the sale price they get. Is that because they're just not prepared? They don't prepare in, a, in advance? I think you kind of touched on that just a little bit just now. Well, that's, yeah, that's absolutely it. So even today, most people who come to me from outside that aren't referred to me, people who are considering an exit, a lot of times they want to sell in the next six to 12 months. First off, one takeaway is that it should take 15 months to maybe three years to prepare your business and to sell it. We're looking for successful sellers exit when they're still on the ascendancy. They're packaging the business in a way that they're showing growth. Unfortunately, those people that fall into the 95% who aren't happy with the terms or the price of their exit, and that that, that figures from the Exit Planning Institute off of a survey of tens of thousands of people who've sold their businesses. So it's a, it's a pretty solid number. And it's often because they're already tired or somebody's sick. So what I do is I try to prepare people to sell their business before the five Ds happen. The five Ds are death, divorce, disagreement with a, par uh, uh, a partner, uh, or disaster. And I just forgot the fifth one, but Maybe it's because I just can't count. <laughs> well, you know, I think that, you know, all of us are going to potentially experience at least one of those things. Maybe, unfortunately, maybe I don't know if all of them, but, um, you know, you're right. I mean, you know, you never know what's the future is going to be. Who, who would have thought, you know, uh, in a million years in 2020, we'd be all stuck at home because of a pandemic. And a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people were able to pivot and create you know, maybe a profitable business from that. But more than not, a lot of those people didn't make it. A lot didn't make it. And that's a real tragedy. And that happens. You know, there's another thing to throw out there. A lot of people ask me, Charlie, is it the, when will be the right time to sell my business? Nobody knows. Don't ever listen to somebody mm -hmm. who, can, who tries to tell you when the right time will be. There are predictors. So there are, there are peaks of supply and demand. And traditionally, they're about seven years troughs, but we've just come off a record time where it was a business seller's market. Interest rates were low uh, there uh, and there were lots of people just entering the market that wanted to sell their business. So there was plenty of supply and demand. But that's really uh, been drying up because interest rates are going up which means there's less money for investors to spend. And now there's also a glut of businesses on the market because the baby boomers and Gen X are really coming in now, which is driving prices down. So it's hard to say mm -hmm. what's going to happen, although a lot of companies who sell lots of businesses believe that we're going to go into like a 10-year a range now where businesses won't sell for as much as they used to. 
But my advice to you is sell your business now or plan to sell your business while you'll still have the energy to be at the top of your game three years out where uh, it's an exciting, well-packaged business that will be attractive to a potential buyer or group of buyers. I like that information. I like the, the advice too. And so you're, you're saying that we should sell our business or plan to sell our business when it's on its way up before it plateaus, before it goes down. Uh, and that's would almost assure that you're going to get the best price for your business. And, but some people like they'll look at it and go like, well, you know, I'm not really sure what I want to do afterwards. Uh, and you kind of touched on this a little bit with your planning. You talked about planning for your exit strategy for your business, but also on the personal side. What, what does that look like for, for clients that you work with? Well, as a matter of fact, I'll make an offer to your audience. Anybody that gets this link through your network can contact me and I'll give them a free readiness survey. So it's, it's literally a seven minute assessment that you give yourself. And, and then you'll get back a full report. But in the report, it'll give you examples of the types of things a seller might go off and do. So it'll ask you, like, if you sell your business, are you going to travel? Are you going to start a new business? So while you're giving taking the report, it'll give you a couple idea starters, but then you'll get the re report back. And I always in, in, uh, encourage my customers to share that report with people who know them well and to brainstorm with them and paint a picture of what a life can be. And of course, you can do that with me as part of my consulting engagements, but you don't need somebody like me. This will give you the guidance to start thinking what your options are like in terms of what you're going to do next. It also has in a section that will teach you about the various types of exit options that we talked about before, third-party sales, employee buyouts, management buyouts, infusion of capital from third parties, selling your business strictly for assets, those types of things. So it'll ask you to consider what, your, what options that, that might work for you, and it will teach you a little bit about what the pluses and minuses of each of those are. So it's a great way to educate yourself on, um, on how you might exit, but also start giving you a thumbnail sketch of how ready you are and what you need to do to be more ready. I like that. You know, um, I, I'm thinking as you're talking that, uh, um, you know, a lot, a lot of, I'm, I'm thinking of the young me because there's a lot of young me's out there right now. You're talking about a lot of the baby boomers are on the way out, but that means that there's other people who are on the way in. The, the you know, the, the uh, millennials, the Gen Z's, uh, they're all getting ready to start their careers and are looking, a lot of them are looking to start their own businesses and everything. And I guess my question to you would be like, how would you tell a young person who's getting ready to start business how important this is for them to 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 think in this way because you know we all when we're young we think we're we're immortal we're going to live forever right and and, our, and we're going to build this business and make tons of money and it's going to go on forever so what would be your best advice for a young person just getting started in a business well besides beginning with the end in mind where you're building a business that's attractive to somebody else uh, factor in the things that you love when you choose the business that you're going to buy or you're going to build. You know, your work has to bring joy to you. We're, we're all doing something wrong if we're not doing something that creates joy and energy more than we put in. So I think that's true of you and I. I mean, the things that you and I do, the podcast or me working with business owners, 
it's a blast. It never feels like work. So I hope that the young people starting thinking about the businesses they want will find something. And I hope they're as lucky as we are, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, I had a meeting yesterday. I was at MTSU, which is a local uh, university here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, where we live. And we met with a, a bunch of uh, college students who are, you know, kind of in their senior year. They're getting ready to graduate and they're looking how to uh, looking for jobs or looking, you know, getting looking for advice on how they should look for their jobs and everything. And some of the advice that you just gave is some of the advice that I that I mentioned to them yesterday as well. Uh, a lot of um, what was coming out of that meeting was, you know, that work um, life balance thing, you know, and I think, which is really super important and how to find a job that you're not going to get stuck into and, uh, with no, with no way out. And my advice to them was basically three things, work on your health, work on, I'm talking your physical health, your mental health, and then also your financial health as well. Uh, a lot of people will jump into a business, you know, on a shoestring budget, you know, and start spending, spending, spending with nothing coming in. And, you know, just they, they anticipate that they're going to, you know, bring all this money in and all this business in all at once and everything. And it takes a while for that to happen. So as a young person getting started in the business world, whether it's with an employee, employer or their own business and everything, it's really important that they really plan things out strategically. Now, do you work with startups or have you worked with startups like that where you've actually given them the advice that you're we're talking about today to help them get started absolutely so as you know i my career was startups so uh, i work with startups in two ways there are startups that have pretty good funding and have moved through what we call the learning stage of finding their first 10 clients and are exiting into what we'll call the growth stage those are great fits for me because i can help them think through the next obstacles that are predictably going to come their way and help them build the right team, the right systems and the, and the right procedures for companies that are really in the learning stage where they're still, uh, and, and they're not bringing a lot of money. I often works with, with groups of businesses so that they can group and group work in group format and learn from each other. Okay. Very good. So, um, Liz, this has all been really super great information, but let's let's talk a little bit about now, uh, maybe some about some real life stories. Uh, a little bit of uh, we we like we 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 talk about a lot of concepts, a lot of you know uh, things that people should be doing. Is there anybody any business that you can think of in particular that you've worked with as used your strategy uh, to solve a problem that they had, and and what was the outcome on that? Maybe we can talk about a growth scenario and a succession scenario. How does that sound? That sounds perfect. So one of my favorite clients is a woman who is a 17 year old started a cleaning business, uh, a, a commercial cleaning business. And through 30 years, she's extraordinarily talented. She built it into a $15 million a year business with 700 employees in 21 States. Good success story, right? Well, mm -hmm. she's very ambitious and she was stalled for 15 or for three years in a row at 15 million. So we worked through some basic planning activities where we evaluated her staff, goal setting, communication. Uh, and in our first year, we grew from 15 million to 27 million. And then we built a sales and marketing plan to grow the business to 100 million. This involved 
developing our present staff, but also predicting the type of skill sets we needed in our key functional areas like sales, operations, and finance, and picking those people who had had been where she wants to go and to bring them in as, as stakeholders and reward them for helping to grow our business, let's say from the mid to uh, 25 millions to the 100 million. So that was a really, really fun project. Uh, uh, um, we implemented dashboards. We set, uh, we implemented goal setting at the, at the company level that distilled down to each individual. And we created a, a system of accountability and fun where people could track how their work every year, every quarter, every month, every week, every day would contribute to the, the outcome that they all wanted where they were going to celebrate great success. That's great. You know, what I hear you saying is that one of the things I think that's super important is that this didn't happen overnight. These are things, these are strategies that you put in place and, and each thing had kind of a time frame. Uh, placed on it. And over a, a, a certain amount of time, you reach that kind of success. There's no magic bullet that's going to get you there overnight. No, but there are two key things that most business owners that have been great along the way, but who stall, when you really pin back the, 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 the onion, there's two or three things. They stopped planning and communicating that plan to the team. They stopped really developing uh, talent for the next plateau that the company wants to go to and they don't work as hard on their team particularly in terms of creating alignment and accountability and when you do those things that's how my clients last year averaged 75 percent profit growth it wasn't that's activity amazing. it was thinking through the results you're wanting communicating them to the team and then measuring the results and making adjustments as you go through the year I mean, communication is key because if you have a plan and you're not communicating that plan, then it's going to go nowhere. No, that's right. And then I think the other scenario, one, so more and more I'm, I'm falling in now that I'm becoming known as a exit planning guy. I love the, I love working with families or businesses that want to transition to a, to, to a, a relative or to the key employees. So I'm working with a manufacturing business right now that's been also stalled at about $5 million, but pretty good profit for five years. But the father has cancer and, mm -hmm. uh, and pretty serious cancer. Now, it turns out the story is turning out well for him because he's been getting some treatment. And, uh, but to, to, to get the treatment, he had to start transitioning ownership of the business to the son. And the son was only 22 years old. But it turns out that son is very talented, but they couldn't be more different than their communication styles. The dad's a driver and kind of brisk and the son makes decisions more slowly, but very thoughtfully and communicates in a different way. So first we worked on organizing their roles and responsibilities and pulling the dad up to a visionary level out of the business day to day, putting the son in what we call an integrator role. And I'm using a methodology called EOS or the entrepreneur's operating system. It's a growth mm -hmm. scaling mechanism and then figuring out for the key functions of the business, sales, operations, and finance, you know, who the leaders will be. Once we organize that, we, you know, we created, we had each person set goals within their group. And then the dads went from 70 hours a week 
and he agreed to reduce his time down to 20 hours uh, uh, a week. And, and really most of that is spread where he's not around for a week or two at a time at all. And the people wow. have to run the business. By focusing on the communication and the planning and the fact that the, the son is actually very bright and very talented. And by the fact that the dad let go of the rope and let the kid run the business that way, the business is accelerating growth. It's over 50% growth right now. But the best part was the dad sat down with me when we had a meeting with their financial planner and said, I've never had a better relationship with my son. Oh man, that had made you feel good. That's awesome. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me since I got into this line of work. Oh, I can imagine. You know, it's, it is really hard to, to let go, especially for somebody who's been in the business for a really super long time, putting that kind of, you know, time and energy and effort into it. And even though, you know, you love your child, you love your son, uh, you trust them and everything is still in the back of your mind. You're like, you know, I just don't know. I've been doing this my way for so long and for, you know, somebody to come in no matter who they are and try to make some changes, this and that. Uh, I could see where that would be difficult and I could see where it would be important to have someone like you, Charlie, to come in and, and give them that helping hand. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you know, we got back to the five D's. The, the fifth uh, D that I missed was disability, death, divorce, disability, disagreement around partners and disaster. So one of the takeaways for this group then is if you're thinking about, if you're growing your business, you always want to have it packaged where you can make a, a grow or sell decision every 90 days. That means you want to have your accounting right. You want to have the business on the upswing, but you want to have the business. So if, if something happens in your marriage or if you get sick, you know, in the case of this father son team, it almost, it shouldn't have worked except that the kid was really, really talented. And I shouldn't call him a kid, but the, the, the young man just embraced it and, you know, was ready. Um, so you want to make sure that, you know, you're at least a year, but three years ahead of that curve so that if something comes up, you can exit it without having a huge discount or having your business not sell at all. Only 18% of businesses actually sell. All the others, according to the Exit Planning Institute, just go away. They, you know, maybe, the, mm. maybe they sell for assets, but not for the the business doesn't live on. So that's a big statistic, and the reason why planning matters. That's really sad for someone who's like put their entire life into a, a business and you know have sacrificed. A lot of people think that you know going into business for yourself is all you know. Uh, going to be wonderful. I mean, you know, you're, you're going to make all this money and, and reach all these goals and do all these different things. But a lot of times, you know, you put in more hours than everybody else. Uh, you're away from your family, your friends, you miss a lot of activities and everything. And then to see it just not, you know, uh, to just go away to me would be the saddest thing I can imagine in, in, in business. Well, it, it is. And most people don't get valuations done and they're really simple simple and easy to have done. Most accounting firms have functions. There's people like me. So uh, I've bought software from the value builder system. So I always start with the valuation, the beginning where we set a baseline and then we set a goal to increase the business over time. Um, but uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's important to create that plan, know what your business is worth. Most people count on having a net worth about 80% of, of their net worth is in the business. So if your business doesn't sell, how do you replace that late in life? 
Yeah. So having the plan and having an assessment of optimizing the, the, the chance and even testing a couple times is something you can do to make sure that you're going to have yourself secure late in life after you're out of your business. That's been, that's incredible advice. And this has been an incredible uh, interview and I really appreciate you being on the show, Charlie. Uh, can you tell us, uh, obviously people are going to want to get in touch with you to find out a little bit more about what you're doing and, and how you can help them with their business. How, how do people get in contact with you? Yeah. So I'm Charlie Janes. My business is focal point growth and exit advisory. Uh, my phone number is 650-867-0207. And my email is cjanes, J-A-N-E-S, at focalpointcoaching.com. It's kind of catchy. And I just request that if I've given you the number, you don't order a bunch of pizzas for me. <laughs> there you got it. No pizza, but lots of great advice. That's our show for today. So thrilled y'all could be with us. Business Breakthroughs is a production of Titan Media Works, and that's spelled W-O. Rx. Uh, check us out at TitanMediaWorks.com and check out all of our gate, uh, great podcast hosts on the Small Business Deliver Network at SmallBusinessDeliver.com. Until next time, that's all. I uh, hope you have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye.